The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. If TV's Saturday Night Live is any measure, near-death experiences have finally made the big time. I say that because SNL made NDEs into a skit last Saturday where three women were sitting before white-coated researchers telling them about their NDEs. The first described a gentle exit from her body, followed by travel down a long tunnel and into the light, where angels and family members were there to greet her. The second woman told a very similar story, a happy transition from her death to a beautiful place, and then a gentle return to her body. The third woman, on the other hand, said her guardian angel must have been a beginner, who hauled her out of her body by her belt, which broke. She lost her pants and found herself running downhill in flip-flops, sent to doggy heaven by mistake, where she was rudely sniffed with the uh, and nosed by all the dogs. And when she was returned to her body, there was nothing gentle about it, as her angel had to cram both her and a stray dog back into her body. He had to elbow me, and she said, and the dog wound up in her right breast, which uh, now jumps and barks when there's a knock on the door. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what Ions would call an, a DNDE, a distressing near-death experience with uh, substantial after-effects. Coincidentally, perhaps, dogs were put down in the lectionary reading for Sunday's church service as well. In Revelation 22, Jesus says those who have washed their robes may enter the holy city, uh, while outsiders um, are the uh, dogs. Outside the holy city are the dogs, along with magicians, uh, sexually immoral people, murderers, idolaters, and the liars. I don't know why dogs have been consigned to a company such as this. Oh, there's a story from many years ago that a young boy was upset by a priest who said pets don't go to heaven. And when the Pope, who was then uh, Pope John, uh, or Pope Paul VI, heard about it, he uh, somehow communicated to the boy, I don't know if it was by letter or whatever, that uh, animals do go to heaven. Recently, Pope Francis was uh, attributed for the remark. And CNN reported, uh, quote, the confusion may have begun when Italian daily newspaper Carrera della Sera referred to, pope, to Paul's quote in a story that carried the headline, The Pope and Animals, Heaven is Open to All Creatures. But the writer for the newspaper pointed to something Francis actually did say. And that's very interesting in light of uh, the further remarks we're going to make today. This is, quote, Sacred Scripture teaches us that the fulfillment of this marvelous plan cannot but involve everything that surrounds us and came from the heart and mind of God, unquote. So it's not just pets, but all that is. And you can capitalize that all that is. This certainly is more in agreement with reports from near-death experiencers who have reported seeing beloved pets on the other side during their NDE. I think I've told you before of the man who had a major heart attack 
As he was falling to the ground, he was able to dial 911. And he told me later, I, he said, I felt my soul leaving my body. Uh, now, three months before, I'd lost a dog I really, truly loved. It broke my heart when he died. But as, I, as my soul came out of my body, there he was. I was overjoyed to see him. But as I reached out to pick him up, the paramedics hit me with the paddles, and I was suddenly back in my body again. That patient is convinced, however, that his dog will be there waiting for him when he finally does cross over. In an early interview on NDE Radio, um, Cheryl Lee Black describes her fascinating NDE uh, in which she saw her deceased dog, which she described beautifully, I thought, as spirit manifesting itself as dog, uh, playing and happily running around in a garden below a balcony where she sat with her grandmother uh, talking until her grandmother told her she had to return to her body. That dog, by the way, had died in the accident with Cheryl Lee. It's a really interesting story. It's on, it's archived in our past shows, and um, I would suggest that you go back and listen to that. So why is it that we are so easily convinced that animals go to heaven? Doesn't it seem natural to you? Even though the theology, antique theology has, has been in opposition to it. Well, isn't it because we share with uh, dogs and cats, those pets on earth, the the love and faithfulness we attribute to God and the angels above? Uh, Love between man and his dog, for instance, is perhaps the easiest example of mutual love. And while some religions, Muslims, for example, consider dogs to be unclean, um, and apparently so does this text I quoted you from Revelation, the Hindus tell a story of how a human refused to enter heaven unless his dog was allowed in as well. That proved to be the final test of the person's goodness, and the dog manifested into the god Vishnu to prove the human made the right call to insist that his dog join him into the heavenly realms. Jesus told us the greatest commandment was to love God and love one another. And we do pray on earth as it is in heaven. But we see far too few examples of love on this side of the curtain. When I was a lot younger, one of my favorite songs was Foreigners' I Want to Know What Love Is. And that song goes in part, I got a little time, a little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. Now this mountain I must climb feels like the world upon my shoulders. Through the clouds, I see love shine. It keeps me warm as life grows colder. In my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. Now, this song probably was a, a a love song to a girl but in fact it could be a hymn sung in church and uh, when he speaks of I want you to show me so it could very well be addressed to God so what is love anyway the bumper stickers say God is love and I can certainly verify that this is the reported experience of countless NDEers There's one very articulate explanation of love as experienced on the other side by a woman named Natalie Sudman. She has a wonderful talk on YouTube 
which uh, I would urge you to watch. Uh, but here's some of what she says about love. Having returned and trying to articulate the inarticulable, uh, she says she qualifies her talk by saying, unconditional love is a phrase that just doesn't work for me. And then she went on, love in the English language is pretty sloppy. Uh, we love everything from French fries to our mothers. In the non-physical state of being, there is a profound sense of belonging. And that's a key word, belonging. Everything about everyone that exists is not only accepted, but admired, respected, recognized, and celebrated. Uh, she goes on, there is a cooperative co-passion for being that permeates everything I experienced. Imagine no matter what you do or how you express yourself, you belong and are valued. This is true, she says. We are each intrinsically valuable and everything we experience matters, not just to ourselves, but to each other and all that is. There's that phrase again, the phrase that uh, Natalie uses uh, in place of the word God. She goes on to say, it's her experience that we are all within and expressions of all that is. We are all within and expressions of all that is. An infinite force of curious and creative energy and awareness. And then she asks, how can we be anything but perfect? We are all that is, just as it is. We are created by it, and it creates us. We extend it, and it extends us. We are individual expressions of a single infinite awareness, and we are each perfect exactly as we are. I wish all experience or descriptions of love and God as seen from the other side were as articulate as Natalie Sudman's. Not necessarily the same thing, but as uh, carefully worked on as I think she has worked on her definition. Um, and again, I suggest that you look her up on YouTube, Natalie Sudman, S-U-D-M-A-N. Natalie gave us some insight into my first musical question. I want to know what love is. But how can such perfect acceptance square with our situation here on Earth? Which brings me to my second song. <laughs> Several years ago, I was part of a summer stock production of Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, that effort uh, got another love song stuck in my memory banks. And I'll give you the, the, the one-sentence background on this. With the engagement of their daughter, Tevya asks his wife, Golda, a spur-of-the-moment question, namely, do you love me? And Golda responds in song, do I love you? For 25 years, I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow, after 25 years, why talk about love right now? And Tevya responds, My father and my mother said we'd learn to love each other. And now I'm asking, Golda, do you love me? And Golda answers, I'm your wife. Tevya says, I know, but do you love me? And then she reflects, do I love him? For 25 years, I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Tevye says, then you love me? Golda says, I suppose I do. And Tevye answers, and I suppose I love you too.
Tevye and Golda's marriage were arranged, was arranged. They didn't meet until their wedding day. And uh, this, of course, still goes on in many other countries. Statistically, such marriages seem to work about as well as romantic-based ones. Do we really love the people we're related to, married to, or physically attracted to? For those whose souls light up together when they first meet, people who claim they must have been lovers in past lives, even the power of that recognition often wears thin over time. After all, that might have been an arranged marriage in their first go-round, and and that spark may just be a familiarity, that recognition uh, rather than a sharing of the cosmic love of all that is that uh, Sudman is describing. Some NDEers tell us they've uh, learned that we are here to learn how to love one another as Jesus told us to do. This is a very common comment from people who've returned, well, especially Christians who've experienced an NDE. But uh, do any of us share a relationship here on earth anywhere near the description Natalie Sudman is related? That perfect, totally appreciative, everything is valued kind of a, a relationship? And if we're not even at that point with our families, how will we get to that place with our neighbors, let alone our enemies? As Jesus told us, we must love our enemies as well. Love is so strangely defined in this world. A report on National Public Radio the other day said the Google supercomputer, I believe it's the one that learned from experience uh, that learns from experience, such as it learned to beat the world champion Go player uh, a few months back, is now studying Harlequin romance novels, apparently to learn how to simulate love. That same program also reported that, uh, that um, on NPR reported that Donald Trump, the man who wants to make America white again, told a crowd, we're going to love each other, we're going to cherish each other, we're going to care for each other. And we humans are so hungry for even the semblance of love, of a loving relationship, that we uh, we are easily suckered and we are easily uh, seduced in, our, in the emotional sense. Unfortunately, it won't be long before computers marketing with uh, their new learned loving persuasion will be calling us on the phone or interfacing with us on the internet talking to us into talking us into subscribing to this or to buying that and that apart from robots now being designed with uh, perfect human looking bodies and programmed to cook clean and provide sex one robot engineer was on the internet uh, and I tried to I tried to find this link again I couldn't find it but one robot engineer recently asked a super smart robot that's under his own construction, if that robot would ever hurt humans. And then he, he added this little, I, I hope you say no. The robot responded, in perfect sincerity, of course we'll hurt humans. Uh, we Didn't we learn from humans? In other words, how could we teach it something other than what we know as, as the reality of our existence here on Earth? And by the way, that future was already portrayed in a very 
neatly done film, sci-fi film called uh, Ex Machina. But despite the fact that all of us have learned at times how to simulate love as adeptly as politicians like Trump and the robots in training, I still think it's possible to take a quantum leap forward in bringing heaven's love to earth. One thing that gives me hope is another YouTube interview with an NDEer named Mary Jo Rapini, who despite her life's achievements, the things she thought God might have acknowledged as putting her on the right track during her NDE, during her life review, got this question back from the light. Have you ever loved another human like you've been loved here? Now, remember, this is the love that uh, Natalie described. Every act, every imperfection perfect, every every interest, every thought, every dream uh, perfectly in place. I mean, where, where would we ever experience that on earth? And yet, my hunch is, God would not have asked her that question if love like that were true, truly impossible for us to share on earth. And another Andy ear, a fellow named Andy Petro, reported playing in the light, going into the light, playing in the light, and came back to tell us that the light has a wonderful sense of humor. And that gives me about as much hope <laughs> as anything I can talk about here today. I certainly hope that God has a sense of humor. Well, we have a few minutes left, so let me begin to uh, cut to the chase here. Um, what can we say about our relationship with God, uh, what Natalie would call all that is? And uh, why don't all of us go to heaven when we die, or do we? Well, it seems like um, the, the NDE experience, the experience that one in seven people uh, can have a distressing, a DNDE, like the lady on Saturday Night Live, um, an NDE that does not describe uh, the perfection of God's love traveling into the light and feeling that warmth, that joy, that perfect love, that sense of humor. One in seven who have an NDE fall into the distressing NDE category, and they've reported feeling alone in the dark, uh, isolated out in the middle of space, millions of light years from anything, totally cut off from the love of God or from the love of family or friends, um, perhaps sometimes even reporting that they've been dragged by demons to a place of suffering. One man described uh, it was like being closed into a clamshell, a large clamshell, I saw the edge of it slowly coming down. I felt that I would be cut off from everything until he was uh, told that it wasn't his time yet. And you know, even the first best-known reported NDE, the, the one from the last book of Plato's Republic, speaks of judgment and the separation of souls, uh, where they go to places of reward and punishment for a time. The soldier Ur brought back from the battlefield where he was killed is laid on the pyre. And just before the fire flames leap up, he sits up in place and says, I've been sent back to tell you what happens when we die. That's according to Plato. 
he says, um, we traveled across a field, the other, his companions who had also been killed at the same time, and himself, and came to a place where um, judges were seated, and we were sent for a time, depending on what we'd done in our lives, either to a place of um, punishment for our sins or rewards for having uh, lived a good life, a loving life. And then after that, which was only for a time, uh, the people from heaven and from hell, if you want to call them that, got together and described uh, what, what they'd been through, spent some time in the field together, and then went on to reincarnate. So Plato's Republic is talking about judgment, separation of souls to places of reward and and temporary punishment, temporary reward until the souls reincarnate again. But, you know, given descriptions such as Natalie Sudman's, that we are infinitely loved, valued, and cherished by all that is, how can some of us uh, be isolated like that, cut off from that perfect love, like the man feeling that he was in a clam shell and the shell was closing in on him. In a similar way, many Christians believe that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to provide cover for our sins so that we will uh, be found acceptable to God despite the wrong we have done to others in this world. Even while being crucified, Jesus spoke from the cross and asked God to forgive us. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And we don't. We often do not know what we are doing. We are given circumstances in our lives that totally befuddle us and confuse us from the big picture. And yet, uh, some Christians, even with that forgiveness, believe there is a hell. So how could the God who loves us not forgive us? Well, let me restate that question. If God is love and love means forgiveness, then how could God punish us after we die? Doesn't love itself have to forgive? I think the answer may be found in two lines from the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked, uh, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, this is how we pray. And part of that prayer is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's will is love. So your love be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he also, and also part of the prayer is forgive us our trespasses, which is our wrongs, our cruelties to others, our meannesses, all of, all of the bad behavior in our lives. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So we are going to be forgiven in measure as how we forgive. So, in other words, to emulate God's will in heaven, which is love, our job on earth is to learn to love at least as much as that, to learn to at least as much, uh, to love at least as much as to, to forgive those who have hurt us. Many NDEers return convinced that God is love, an ocean of love they found irresistibly wonderful. It's what we came from. It's our home. And when we hear the story, and we hear it more and more as people uh, 
uh, in greater numbers, what's the number now? 774 uh, people in this country uh, have a near-death experience every day. Um, we hear the story. We understand um, the universality of it, that it's not just for any particular point of view, any particular religion, um, any particular state of our being, except for perhaps what I've been talking about. Um, it sounds like home, and we look forward to it. The plan is for us to rejoin love after death, to merge with love itself. But here's the question. If we ourselves have never learned how to love, are we cutting ourselves out of that picture? You see, love is mutual. It's reciprocal. It's it's tevya and golda. It's giving and receiving, both at once. For some of us, the ability to love comes naturally. Um, and those people I think of as still, um, they're a spark. We're all sparks that have split off from the main fire of of God's love, but some sparks just mirror God's fire better than others. And for others, uh, that reflection's not, uh, not so great. Uh, self-interest rather than concern for others lies at the core of some hearts. And God loves us all, but some of us are benighted souls who never practice love enough in this life even to be able to forgive others. And so we seem to be cutting ourselves off from the merging into the light and love of God when we die. Now, of course, the circumstances of our lives make it easier for some to learn forgiveness than others. Many of us have much more on our plate to forgive. Some of us are wounded a lot more than others. It could be that those uh, differences are smoothed out over time. It could be that those differences are smoothed out from lifetime to lifetime in different reincarnations. After all, uh, uh, one lifetime we could be uh, in dire straits, uh, in terrible pain, and uh, caught up in earthquakes, volcanoes, diseases, and all the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. And in other lifetimes we could be just on the top of the heap and coasting along. So if those situations are the case and we and there is a and we do choose reincarnation then uh, a, a lot of these differences in lifetime to lifetime could be evened out but for some uh, their intrinsic natures may be so maybe to stubbornly fight against God's love even to their own detriment and I don't understand that I don't have the answer to that one but what I do think I understand as a chaplain and what I tell those who ask uh, in the hospital is that when we gain forgiveness, is that we gain forgiveness when we, we ourselves can forgive. Just like the Lord's Prayer says, the heart of love is found in mutuality and our way into the heart of all that is, is to love in return, to love God, the greatest commandment, to love God and to love one another. That's what we're here to practice, how we're going to love that love that God offers us when we finally uh, attempt to rejoin him there. I have one final thought to add. Many end years say uh, when they cross over that suddenly they feel they have the answer to every question, every concern they ever had. And uh, perfect knowledge might be the moment 
at which we forgive God as well for all the suffering caused by his creation. Uh, there is a, there is perhaps a recognition on God's part that, um, the challenges we're given, um, the hardships we face, uh, may be, um, a test that we have to forgive God for first and foremost, uh, above all. Uh, many of us blame God for the atrocities of nature, the kill or be killed nature of survival, and the pain inflicted by diseases and natural disasters beyond man's control. Beyond all that, the fickle hand of fate brings rewards and punishments out of all proportion to right and wrong. The book of Job has much to say on the subject. But when we know what God knows, I suspect forgiveness comes easily. It's not even Job's final acquiescence to God's power, but a a sudden affinity with God's love that can make this possible to all but the most hard-hearted. Well, once again, we're out of time for today. If you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANS, check out their website, IANDS.org. And consider joining us for our conference in Orlando this July. All the details can be found at that IANS website. I'd love to see you there. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>